Whatever. Welcome, everyone. Tonight is not an easy night for anyone. We are about to begin our Obetorah Har Lebanon Dafyomi class. We can't start without mentioning the great loss that we took today. Man was the Shem Shamaim 100%. He worked for Akadosh Baruchu. He stood up for Akadosh Baruchu. He taught Hashem's Torah and made it sweet in the eyes of so, so many. Person who greeted everyone Everyone who met him, every single person, was greeted as if he was the President of the United States. How happy he was to see everybody. He made you feel like a million dollars even if you weren't. Even a child, every child felt validated, felt significant in his presence. The man with a world of Torah knowledge, you looked at his and you saw all sorts of kavanot, all sorts of prayers, all sorts of deep things. And he would explain the most basic things to be clear for everyone. He was a man who was big in Torah knowledge. He was a man who was big in love of Hashem. And as big as that was his heart. A man whose heart was big enough to encompass. How's it going? I have an approval for you. I we sorry. Man whose heart was big enough to encompass every person who walked into the shul, every student who walked into his classroom, and everyone knew. The Rabbi Jamal loved you. Not an easy feat, Rabbi And we're reeling from the loss. And we only pray that his neshama has menuchan shamayim. And Hashem should take us out of our quarantine. Babies at Hashem. That our sacrifices have been enough. And that we can say that we've learned and will change. And it should be Zat Hashem tonight's class and going forward will be the Ilunishmat, Rabbi Rafael Benufka. Welcome, everyone. Carl, do you remember where we were last night?
Um, you weren't on those things, Fred? Yes, I was. I actually was. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't you give me the spot? Yeah, I'm already who I don't have was. Gemara, remember? Ten lines down. That's right. Okay. I'm already who the ten lines down? Something like okay. this. Okay. Four Let's lines. I'm Arvi Huda. Yeah. A little further back. Ten lines down on Nuna Hulbet. Two, four, six, about seven or eight lines on Amr Huda. Right after the Sadis. Okay. Robert, do you want to put the Gemara? You don't want to pass tonight because of... Uh... No, no, no. I'll put it up. Hold on. Sorry, everyone. Let's get the things here. Thank you. Okay. We're starting from Amar Yehuda, which is right here. Amar Yehuda, Yehuda says, Afar Levinta, dust that you got from a brick that was smashed. Shadi, you're allowed to use it to wash your face, and it will not take out hair. Amar Yosef, Kisufa di Yasmin, the leftover of sesame seeds, Shari, you're allowed to use on your face. It will not take out the hairs of your beard. Amarava Afar Pilpali Shari, you're allowed to take um, crushed peppers and use it on your face. Amarav Shashat, I guess all these things were old times soaps. Amarav Shashat. Brada Shadi. You're allowed to wash your face with Brada. My Brada, Amar Rabbi Yosef. What Brada? Rabbi Yosef says, Tiltala Ahla. A third of a, a grass called Ahal. Vitiltala Asa. And one third Hadas. Vitiltala Skili. And a third of a three leaved. Um, a three-leaved herb. Amar Nachman Bar Yosef As long as long as according to this rabbi, it doesn't have to be only up to one-third of this ahala, which is something that might take out here. Even as long as it's a majority something else and a minority 49% Ahala, it's still okay. According to this rabbi, it's only Asur if it's 51% Ahala. That's when it starts taking out hairs. Okay. Now, the Gemara is going to switch topics to a new topic. Ba'u mine merav shashat. We are now, last word line is mine. Ba'u mine merav shashat. Ba'u leftoa zetim b'shabat. Can you crack olives, fresh olives on Shabbat? Now, one should know that we're talking about olives. We're not talking about our types of olives. This is a fact that many people are unaware of. But olives, when you take them off the tree, are completely inedible. Okay? It's one of those fruits that is never edible. The, one, the way we eat olives is that they're cured. They're put in a certain um, 
solution that makes them soft and edible. But off the tree, they're hard as rocks. They can either be pressed for olive oil as is, or they can be softened by pickling them in a certain solution. Are we clear? So now yep. we're talking here about raw olives. So says the Gemara, can you pop them to take out the bitterness in them? So he told them, are you allowed to do that on a weekday? Rosh thought it was Asur because you're going to waste food. Some of the water drips out when you crack it. Some of the oil drips out. And it's going to the garbage when you crack it. So why you should be allowed to crack it even during the week? Says the Gemara, If Rosh says you're not allowed to crack them during the week, he must be arguing on Shmuel. Because Shmuel would let you crack it. How do you know Shmuel would let you crack it? I'll show you how I know. Because Dama Shmuel, Adam Bipat. A person is allowed to do whatever he wants with his bread, which means Shmuel holds that if you have a pot and you need to put it on the table, not to burn the tablecloth, you could take a pita bread and slide it onto the pot so it doesn't burn, doesn't burn the tablecloth, and that's not considered uh, embarrassment to the bread because you're using it for a purpose. I want to keep it to burn, not to burn my table. So Amri, so therefore you see that Shmuel says whatever you need to do with the food, you're allowed to do it. So we'll assume that Shmuel would let a person to bang his olives to take out this take out the um take out the bitterness in order that that's since that's his need. Who cares that it some goes to the to waste? Amri, but they said back, no. Patlo miasa hani miasi. The bread, when you put it under your pot or whatever you do with it, it doesn't get ruined. It's still usable. That's why it's allowed. But here, the olives oil that drips from the olives when you smash them is going to get lost. And since it gets lost, it's about tashkit. And that's why it's a sewer. And even Shmuel, who let you put the bread, would not allow this olive smashing type of thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara going further. These three rabbis were sitting at a meal on, together on Shabbat. They brought this barda that we spoke about earlier that was allowed on the face. So two of the rabbis used it to wash their face and Morzutra refused. So the two rabbis told him, don't you agree with this thing that Rav Shashat says? That Brad is allowed? Amaluhu. Amaluhu, Rav Mordechi. Rabbi, if you can move the page, please. Don't learn anything about, from this. Even during the week, he says you shouldn't wash your face with it. He learns, What's going on is like this. Mordechai is saying back, don't look at the fact that Morzutra is not doing it on Shabbat 
as an indication that you're not allowed to use brada on Shabbat. You're allowed to use, and he agrees you're allowed to use it on Shabbat. But he doesn't let you use any type of soap during the week. He holds that cleaning your face during the week is a lady's act. It's ladies who are always into how they look. And therefore, Morzutra held that if a person is washing his face, he's acting like a lady. And that's sore because it's like you're wearing ladies' clothes, just like you're not to wear a dress. He holds that for you to sit in front of sit and wash your face, it's like a man looking in the mirror and and taking taking care of himself, which some rabbis say it's a sur. Morzutra holds like that. So don't look at Hilchot Shabbat as a reason why he's not using the stuff. He's not using it because he owes the sword. Let's see it inside. He ki had the tanya like we learned in the brayta. Megaren adam glided so a person could remove could remove the um, pieces of dried sweat. Glide maka, or a person could remove a scab shal besero on his flesh. Bishvil tzado if they bother him. In bishvil yafot asur. But if it's to make himself look good, it's a sword because he'll do it acting like a lady. And that's why Morizutra wouldn't do it. What about the other two rabbis? Why did they do it? And even on Shabbat, they did it. Person could wash his face, his feet every day. Because we do it for Hashem. When a person washes his face to get clean, he's not doing it to look like a lady. He's doing it to show Honor to Hashem, we're servants of Hashem, where we we work for Hashem and we have to care about how our appearance for Hashem. As it says in the biblical verse, call Poel Hashem Everything Hashem does in order that we should praise Hashem. And therefore, if you want to praise Hashem, you have to walk around looking like someone who looks decent. Kupa. Okay, if you have a kupa, which is a box that you put your pot of mechshi in, right, in, in, within your wool, right, the rabbi had said that you'd have to turn it on the side and let everything fall out because we're afraid you might touch, you might take off the kidera while it's still straight and then you won't be able to put it back. Okay. Which means, even the rabbis who said, if you remember, if you go back to the Mishnah, there was a machloka in the Mishnah. Let me just find it for you right over here. The machloka in the Mishnah was as follows. Rabbi Zabazar says that you had to you had to turn it over and take it out because if you take it out when it's standing you won't be able to put it back. The rabbis allow you to put it back. So he's telling you now everyone agrees that if when you stood it up and you pulled out the pot if the hole was gone everyone agrees you're not allowed to put it back. Now, does everyone, anyone understand what I'm talking about here? No, Nobody does. I didn't think so. Okay. You have a box. The box is full of stuff. Let's, let's, it's not. 
But let's assume that it's something like those peanuts that come when you get the stuff from Amazon, right? You know the foam peanuts that come? Yeah. Carl, mm-hmm. you with me? Yep. Okay. So you got a box full of foam peanuts, let's say. But mm-hmm. it's, the peanuts are made out of wool. And you put your mechi boiling hot at 200 degrees. You put it in there to stay warm on Shabbat on Friday afternoon. Now you pull the mechi pot out. Now we're worried. So one rabbi says the only way to do it is to turn the pot on the side and pull it. Turn the box on the side and pull out the pot so the, the stuff fall out. The other rabbi says, say you can pull it out from the top. But <coughs> this rabbi is saying, this- even the rabbis who let you pull it out of the top, if when you pull it out, the foam nuts fall back in and fill up the hole, everyone agrees you can't put it back. Because they fill up the hole, it's a story. How are you going to put it back? Rabbi, those things don't burn? No, they don't burn. They don't burn. They're wool. They won't burn. They'll get hot. But they'll insulate it to keep the heat. Okay. Okay. Rabbi, let me this again if it was used before and was designated. We discussed before the muksa question. Correct. Now, this rabbi wants to claim that both rabbis would agree that had it been, had it, had, if you lost the hole, you would not be able to put it back because they're muksa. Now, the Gemara is asking about, the Gemara is not going to accept this straight. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. Please move the page. Please move the page. Sorry. No problem. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. The rabbis say, The rabbi says, you can take it and put it back. That was a mission that we just saw. What's the case? If the case was that the hole was still there and you could have put it back, how could I disagree? Why can't I put it back in the hole where I took it from? Must be, must be the rabbis are letting, even if the guma, even if the hole was gone. So if the rabbis are letting, uh, even if the hole is gone, so then you see that the rabbi statement was wrong. We said before, oh, if the hole is gone, everybody agrees. Not true. The rabbis were talking about a case that the hole is gone. Because they're talking about the case the hole is there, the other rabbi would agree with them. And yet the rabbis let. So don't tell me the rabbis would never let. They do let. The Mishnah says they let. What else could the Mishnah have been talking about? Who's with me? Anyone? Nobody. Let me do it again. I'm with you, Rabbi. Are you with me? Good. Eli, are you with me? Hey. Yes, Rabbi. Awesome. Okay, good. Just give me a thumb. I need a thumb, Rohi. Okay. Further. Says the Gemara. Okay. No. Really, the case was in the Mishnah that when you took out the pot, the hole was still there. So why would the Rebbeinzer say no good? Because the argument of Rebbeinzer and the Hahamim is whether we're worried, which means like that, which means about more We're worried when you pull it out that maybe it'll the, the peanuts will fall in. And then we're worried that when you want to put it back, you're going to move the peanuts. So what do we do? We tell you never to put it back because in case the peanuts fall in, you won't have a problem. If you never put it back, you're not, because if you plan to put it back and the peanuts fall in, you might move it. So Rebellion says the rabbis made a gizera, never put it back 
in order that you don't end up the problem where you might move them. The Chachamim or and the rabbis say, and Hoshim, we're not worried about that. If it's good, hole's good, you can put it in. If the hole's not good, you don't put it in. The rabbi doesn't make his in. And that was the mission talk about. So the mission is only talking about that case. And therefore, when the rabbi says the thing telling you, no, you can't do it, that, that's fine. Is everyone good? Is that clear, guys? Give me a thumb. Do I have yes, a rabbi, yes. Awesome. Let's go. Beautiful. Let's go. Amar Avuna Avuna says, Hai Silikuta, Silikusta. This is a beautiful flower that the people used to smell it and they used to stick it in a, in a, in a pot full of soft dirt, right? And they wanted to smell it, they would take it out and put it back on Shabbat. So you have a pot full of soft dirt like we have now and there was a flower that you would pull out of the pot Smell it and stick it back in there. Can you do that on Shabbat? Im sharia. So the Lord is saying, I'll tell you, let you know when you can do it. Im If before you took it, at, before Shabbat, you were datza. Datza means you took you took it out and you put it back in, and you put it back again before Shabbat, then it's mutad. Vim lav asur. Okay? So we're telling you that if you want to be able to smell this flower and put it back on Shabbat, you have to take it out, put it back, and put it back in again. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Hai sakinta debeti urvi. If you have a knife that you store in the bricks. It seems like you used to have a brick wall with um, some dirt in between. And they would stick a knife in between the bricks in order to store it there. Okay? So if you stuck it in before Shabbat, and then on Shabbat you want to use the knife to slice your bread, can you pull it out of the bricks on Shabbat? So im if you stuck it in, you pulled it out, and you put it back in again, then it's mutan. Then it's shade, it's allowed. If not, it's asur. Another statement. You're allowed to stick it into a comb of reeds. In the older days, they would have a bundle of reeds, and sometimes to keep the, the very, very sharp knives away from the kids, they would stick the knife into the bundle of reeds. Are you allowed to do that? So that one is okay. Kitna showed a, a knockout on these rulings from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Okay, let me explain this case to you before we go to the, to the question. Okay, so hope, so far we're saying it's only Mutan if before Shabbat you stuck him in, took him out, and put him back. Is that clear, Carl? Good. Now we want to ask a question. There's a case of people who would store their vegetables in the ground. Why would they do such a thing? Why would anyone store vegetables in dirt? The answer is as follows. Vegetables, once they're taken out of the dirt, have a habit of slowly drying up. So if a person has cucumbers that grow, and you want to store your cucumbers well, what you do is you tie the cucumbers in a long row of them, and you stick them in, this, in the dirt. The dirt keeps the moisture in, and instead of it shriveling up in a week or so, it'll last for much longer. Nowadays, you have refrigeration, 
to leave them out of certain things were in the fridge. In the older days, the best way to keep it the longest time was to make a, a, a string of them and stick them in the dirt. You got it? Now, there are a bunch of problems that could come out by sticking these things in the dirt. One problem that could come out is that if you're stuck in the dirt, you could have a problem. It might be considered planting them. And if so, if you plant two things next to each other, it's called climb. It's called mixing breeds. So if, if while you're sticking it to refrigerate it, and you do it too close to another thing, and, and it's, if it's called planting, that would be one problem of, of climb. And on Shemitah, you're not allowed to plant, so it could be a problem of Shemitah. It also could be a problem if it might need Maased. If you took Maased off it, and you stuck it in and it grows a little more, it might need Maased on the part that grew. And also, if you stuck it in the ground and it's called planting, if you pull it out on Shabbat, then you get harvesting. Right? Everyone got the four possibilities. If it's planted, what the problem could be? Again, you have a load of, your wife has a load of 20 cucumbers that you have in the house. And she says, I don't need them now. I need them for the Shabbat. So on Sunday, by, by Shabbat, it's going to be all withered and shrinkled. Oh, we'll put them in the ground. So you can't get it put them in the ground. Now, if it's called planting, you know, I'll pull it out on Shabbat because you'll be, you'll be harvesting. And you have to bring my sin. And it will be a problem of Shemitah and Kalim. So it says the Gemara. Here's the case. And we have to change the page, I believe. No, we're not finished. If you stick radishes with sunanet and snon and turnips, underneath a vine, which would be a problem of climb, if some of the leaves are sticking out, so this way it's not a Shabbat problem, and Khoshesh, you don't have to worry at all. What do you have to worry about? Law Mishum Klaim, not because of mixing breeds, because it's not called planting. Law Mishum Shemit, not because you're planting on Shemitah, because it's not called planting. Law Mishum Maaseh, not because every Maaseh, because it's not called planting. You can pull down Shabbat. So you see that even though you only stuck it in once, Carl, I didn't stick it in and pull it out and put it back like I did with the knife. I just stuck it in once. And still, you're allowed to pull it out. Tiyufta, oh, you're right. It's a question. We're, we're not getting out from this. Are we clear? Mm-hmm. Okay, brand new Mishnah. And the last Mishnah in the Pedic. We're going to finish the Pedic today, hopefully, by the next page. Now we're talking here. This Mishnah is discussing the subject of a person who used a non, an, an insulating, insulator before Shabbat, okay? So we said that you're not allowed to do a heat-increasing insulator, but you're allowed to do an insulating insulator before Shabbat. Now, are you allowed to increase on Shabbat? So we're telling you, like, in other words, let's say I put one blanket on the stuff, and now... If the Shabbat starts, I want to add another blanket. Is that allowed? So the Mishnah says the following. If you did not put the pot covered, if you not cover the pot, you can't cover it once it gets dark. Meaning, 
You're not allowed to cover it in a towel once it gets dark to keep the heat. Right? But if you did cover it and it got revealed, you can recover it on Shabbat. Because since you covered it, you're allowed to recover it. You're only not, not, not allowed to cover on Shabbat a pot that was never covered before Shabbat started. But if you covered it before Shabbat started, you're allowed to recover it on Shabbat. A person who has a a thing of cold water and on a sunny day he wants to put it under a blanket to stay cool, you're allowed to put it under the blanket to stay cool. You're not allowed to put it under a blanket if it's hot to stay hot, but you're allowed to put it on Shabbat under a blanket to stay cool. Is that clear? Yep. Two cases of Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to clarify. You're allowed to put cold, cold water. You're allowed to put under sonen cold water. You're allowed to put under a blanket on Shabbat. I'm Rabbi Yosef. My Kamashvon. Who needs you to tell me this chidush? Tanina. We know from the Mishnah. We just saw a Mishnah. So why don't you know I'm already tell me this rule? I saw it in the Mishnah. Amalei Abaya. Abaya says, no, 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 no. You couldn't have figured out this rule from the Mishnah. Tuva Kamash from. There's a lot we're learning from this Rabbi of Yehuda. The if we only had the Mishnah, I mean, I would have thunk. This is only something that it's not normal to, to use when it's hot, when it's hot, which means, we're talking about if you have a water bottle. A water bottle is never used with hot stuff. So if the, we only have the Mishnah, I would say, oh, only a water bottle you're allowed to put under the blankets. But if I have a pot filled of cold water, and pots are sometimes used for hot, you might think, is that so? Because maybe if, if, if you, we allow you to put a pot of cold water under your blanket, you might say, hey, if I can put a pot of cold water, why don't I put a pot of hot water? And then you'll be doing Aviran Shabbat. So you might have thought, if I only said the Mishnah, which is talking about a case of a Keton, a Keton, you see over here, is a, a water bottle that's cold. But if here we're talking, when he says, Sonen means any cold thing, even in a pot. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda is saying a Bikhidush that you wanted to know from the Mishnah, and therefore, don't don't put him down. He's telling you a Bikhidush. About that question, don't mean look, Kamash Mulan, that they're both of them are okay. Okay, says the Gemara. Amar Huda, Asulat Minat Sonen. He disagrees. He says, now you know that I put a pot of cold water under a blanket on Shabbat. Vatanya Rebbe, Tilat Minat Sonen. Didn't Rebbe say that it's okay to put cold water under? Lo kasha. Ha mikameh delishamem v'yishvu v'yosi. Ha levata delishma delishma. When the rabbi said it was a story, that was before he heard the story of Rishmael v'yosi. And when he said it's mutah, that's after he heard the story of Rishmael v'yosi. What was the story? Ki adi Rebbe v'amad. Rebbe said and he said, Asur admit the tzonet. Rebbe said it's a sewer to put a pot of cold water under your blanket. I'm really for now, but the, the students told him, Mishmael, Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Abba, he did allow to me to turn in. This rabbi did allow to 
to put a pot of cold water under a blanket. Amar, so he said, when Rebbe heard that, he said, if the rabbi already ruled, I can't make it a sword. So once he, once the rabbi heard that story, he switches to him. The reason why he had contradicting uh, statements is because one was before he heard the story and one was after he heard the story. Once he heard that Rebbe gave in, there's nobody real Kalas, everyone's allowing this cold water hatmana to be done, even in the pot. Now, Rav Papa is looking at the story and he wants to point out the story, uh, a point that has nothing to do with halakha, but has to do with respect. Amr Papa, look how much the rabbis respect each other. If Rabbi Yossi, the father of Rabbi Yossi, was alive, even the father would sit in front of Rabbi like a student. Because the student would sit in front of Rabbi, and he, had, he was just as big as his father, and still Rabbi, in front of his student, would say, if the rabbi ruled, I don't want to rule against him. So you see that both rabbis, one rabbi is sitting in front of the other rabbi, and yet the rabbi who's giving the class is referring to the rabbi sitting in front of him as if he's the biggest gadol ador and he can't rule against him. So you see how much respect the rabbis have one for each other. Rav Nachman told the servant Daru, Atman li sonen. Take my pot of cold water and stick it under the blanket. That's one thing he told him to do, which is okay. And the second thing he told him to do, the rabbi got upset. He also said, go bring me hot water from the bakery of the Armenian bakers. The Goyim bakers used to sell hot water. Go buy me some hot water from these Armenian bakers. Shema Rabbi Ami Be'ikpid. Rav Ami heard the story and he was upset. How could Rav Nachman do that? And and buy hot water from a goy. Goy is cooking your hot water for you? Terrible. I'm Rav Yosef. My time I plead. Why was he upset? Kinbuteh Abid. He did like his Rebbe. One like Rav, one like Shmuel. Kishmuel. Where did he go like Shmuel? I'm Rav Yosef. Shmuel. Mishmuel says, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to take a pot of cold water and cover it. Ki Rav, he went like his Rebbe Rav, because Rav, Rav said, Mishmuel Bar Yitzhak, Amar Rav, Kol Shum Nechal Kamot Shulchai, and Mom Shulchai Shulchai is a steward to get food that's cooked by a goy. But anything that is edible raw, water, or an apple, which you can eat raw, you're allowed to get an apple cooked by a goy, or water cooked by a goy. So therefore, why is he getting upset? Both things he did like his Rebbe. When Rav Ami got upset at Rav Nachman, he got upset because he said, yes, it's true that you're allowed to eat an apple cooked by a goy or water that was cooked by a goy. But that's true for a regular guy. But if a guy's Adam Chashuv, a guy's considered like a rabbi, he should not be taking these heterim. He should take the high road and eat nothing cooked by a goy. And that's why he was upset. Okay? Yep. So we summarize, Eli, that yes, anyone, first of all, a Kiton and buying, many rabbis are allowing 
uh, taking cold water and putting it under a thing, and also under a blanket on Shabbat, and also anyone's allowed to take food that's cooked by a goy and eat it as long as it is edible raw. However, if you're a rabbi, it is better to be strict. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. Right. one question. Yes. Maybe I'm just missing the obvious. What's the what's the big deal of putting a cold water under a blanket? What's the sort of there? The, I, I believe the sort there is, if we allow you to put cold water under a blanket, you might go and in, in a pot, I'm assuming, not not in a not in a hot in a water bottle, but in a pot, being that pots are also used for hot food, you might say one day, hey, if I can take a pot and put it under a blanket when the food's hot also, say I'll insulate the pot also under a blanket. And that we said was a sewer. Because you might reheat it if you find the pot is not hot enough, as you mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Okay. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanam, we learned to the right now. How are we doing on time over here, Rabbanam? Who's, who's watching the time? It's 10.20. We still have about 20 minutes, Rabbi. Okay, good. We'll finish the pair. Let's go. Tanu Rabbanam. We've been ending a little early and, and, and leaving a lot, but we, we're just going to finish the paragraph. Even though the rabbi said you can only use, um, you can only cover your pot in something that doesn't increase heat. When it gets dark, if you want to add a blanket once you did it, you're allowed to. What should you do? Rashbag says, "No, tell it to Take off the sheet. Take off the sheet and put back the gulpikin." Now, I got myself a thing, so I can look up what a gulpikin is. Hold on a second. Oh, here it is. You take off the sheet. And you put it, you take off the sheets and you put the coats. Or, or you take off the coats and you put the sheets. Either way, it's okay. Also, Ashmag would say, Another hint like this. Ashmag would say, When did the rabbi say that on Shabbat afternoon, you're not allowed to cover your pot with blankets? That's only if it's the pot that it was cooked in. But if you took the pot of Kibbeh Hamda and you poured it into a second pot, then you're allowed to wrap it. Why? Because, what's the reason? He says, The whole reason why the rabbi, Eli, the whole reason why the rabbis don't let you cover a pot on Shabbat with a blanket is because we're afraid you're going to feel the ma'udah, see that the ma'udah is getting cool, and you might turn on the fire to, to heat it up. Is that clear? If mm-hmm. we yes. let you wrap it, you might heat it. But if you're already, Eli, taking the ma'udah from one pot on Shabbat and switching it to a second pot, so you're showing that you're letting it get cold. If you let, let it get cold, we're not worried that you're going to reheat it. And then, then it's allowed. Okay. Right. Yep. But does that have anything to do why we suggest they use a kalish, kalishini when you make tea? No. 
Over there, Nothing. we're not we're not rapping. Over there, we're referring to cooking. But you, it does have some connection. Over there, also, a cliche, once you switch it, you lower the temperature, it doesn't cook anymore. Over here, we're saying that in a cliche, since you switch a cliche and you lower the temperature, we're not worried that you're going to take out coals and heat it up. Mm -hmm. Got it? But it, it has some similarities, yes. Okay. If a guy insulated the pot and you covered it with something that is movable on Shabbat, meaning a non-muksa item, or the other way around, or taman or you you wrapped it in something that's muksa, vechisa, and you covered it with vash and you covered it with a not muksa. You can take it and put it back. It's fine. Taman but if you covered it and wrapped it with a muksa item, or or you covered it with a with a you wrapped it with a item that's movable, and you covered it with something not movable, if you have a, a handle sticking out, you can grab the handle, pull it out, put it back. That's fine. The but there's no handle sticking out, then. And hotel maxine, you can't take it and put it back because there's no way for you to get the pot out. The reason why is because it became a basis. If you have something on top of it, it became basis. Normally, you're allowed to take a, a barrel and shove the, the stone off the barrel. But in this case, being that it became a basis, you'll be not allowed to move it off. You'll be stuck without being able to take your stuff out on Shabbat. The Budao Meg. Now, Sorry, what, push, yes. What's a, what's a basis? Basis is when you intentionally put a muksa item on top of a certain, in a certain spot on Shabbat, where it's the main thing. When you intentionally put it there, the thing on the bottom becomes a sort to move. The classical example is the tray that's underneath your wife's candles. When your wife lights Shabbat candles, so the tray underneath it, even if you would want to use it after the lights go out for something else, it would be forbidden because it became a support for a muksa item. That's called basis. Mm -hmm. Good? Yes. Uh, here, too, here too, if you put muksa to cover your pot, your pot became a basis to the muksa item. And if you could pull it out by the handle, you'll be okay. But if not, it's asur. You with me, Carl? Yep. Okay. Because I can't hear you, Ben. Is, is this because he's not touching the muqsa? The, the handle is not so easy. Correct. Correct. Yes, that's right. Okay. If you have fine flax combings, they're like manure. And manure increases heat. And you would not be allowed to use it even before Shabbat. Probably on the right page. Oh, no, you need to turn it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. If you down, man. Neorot shall pishtan daka, harehi kezevel. If you have thin things of flax, it's like zevel, it increases heat, it's a suit to, to cover in. New thing. 
you could put a hot water pot on top of another hot water pot. We can do that in a regular pot. I'll go make it on top of another pot. I will look at that. I got mechamu mechamu gavira. But you can't put a hot, a hot water pot, a tea kettle on top of a pot, and not a pot on top of a tea kettle. Why not? Because you're going to heat it up more. When you do that, you're going to heat up the one that's more cool. What could you do? Um, you're allowed to take the top of a pot and seal it shut with dough that was prepared from before Shabbat. Not to get it hotter than it is, in order to keep the heat. New rule. Just like you can't take hot hot things on Shabbat and insulate it, you also can't do cold, according to this opinion. But Rebbe allowed it. Okay. These are all a set sets of laws in the Brighton. New thing. You cannot crush and this is an interesting halakha that is brought down in Shukhan Aruch. If a person is thirsty and wants to drink, he is not allowed to take snow or ice and crush it to get the water out of it. You are allowed to crack it to take a piece and put in your drink. But you're not allowed to crush it in order to get the water to come out of it. That, that's considered nolad, making it, inventing a new item on Shabbat when you Get the water out of the ice. But you're allowed to put the, the ice in your cup or into your tray to keep cool it off. The and that's not a problem to put ice in your cup on Shabbat. Hadran Allah Rabotai to scale inshallah. Um we should be able to come back to Bermetomin soon. That was a short Man. Tomorrow we'll start with the laws of carrying on Shabbat. Enjoy your day, Rabbi Tam. We should hear good news going forward. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.